and thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis. And I'm his co-host, Alyssa. Let's welcome our guest today, Michael Rohr. So as we jump in, uh, like, what do you do these days? Uh, right now, I'm the founder and executive director of a group called Karandi. And uh, Karandi's goal is to help social services and our community uh, be able to solve problems at scale. We yeah. have a lot of large-scale problems uh, affecting us socially. And we're kind of piecemeal, fragmented approach. Uh, we need to become more integrated and able to uh, help each other to, to do a better job. Yeah. Let's just dive right in. Uh, we usually like to start with, like, what was the earlier life like, whether that was childhood or what, when and where, that type of thing. Uh, well, everything starts in childhood, of course. <laughs> uh, and uh, I have to say, I, I didn't have a bad childhood. Uh, my dad uh, was a World War II vet. He uh, was in every major battle of the Pacific. He certainly had PTSD, uh, but he definitely helped you know, was a good dad. My mom was a nurse who uh, quit her job to come back, take care of her mother, who was uh, suffering from rheumatoid arthritis. I got to uh, experience all of that mm. uh, probably about before the age of five. So so service and all was sort of like imprinted in me, like, mm. kind of like a duck or something, you know, kind of follow around. It's what <laughs> I, I don't think I chose it myself. But... Um, so that that was it. Uh, my uh, I went to a Catholic school for uh, eight years, and uh, the big thing about that is the, the other than the pretty strict uh, <laughs> nuns, uh, I got some music theory. Oh wow! That's uh, and uh, I don't I have run into anybody uh, who's gotten much music theory in elementary school. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, when I was fourteen, I uh, we had a homecoming game and there was a uh, a dance in the school cafeteria the town i grew up in was milford iowa tiny little place 1296 people when i lived there and there in the dark in the northwest corner of the uh, cafeteria were three fender amplifiers with their red glowing <laughs> pilot limes uh and a, a set of drums and it was your basic standard issues uh Two guitars, a bass, and a drum, <laughs> and uh, I was uh, I was hooked. Oh, and wow. so, at the age of fourteen, I told my dad, uh, "I need a guitar, Dad." You know, and he said, "No way." <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, back then, you know, yeah. rock wasn't really very. It yeah. was popular with a certain group. Drag you like, off in the forest, and yeah, exactly. So anyway, I found some guys anyway. Bought a guitar, and. Uh, and my dad, even though he was against it, when we got our first job at an American Legion club, he was there as chaperone and nice. helping out. Um, I worked. Uh, he was an electrician. I worked uh, with him and a couple of the men who worked with him, um, probably from a very young age. Uh, I learned to work by a guy who probably didn't like me very much. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was an important lesson. And yeah. um, I had a license uh, for electrician oh, wow. uh, with experience in commercial, residential, and industrial by the time I was like 20. Wow. Uh, I was going to school, had a community college. I was a bad student. Yeah. But at that point, I had a band. That, exactly. And I was uh, showing up for finals. And after three years of showing up for finals, 
the draft board. Uh, mm. Gave Said, my mom a call. We got a new job for you. <laughs> yeah, we got a new job. Uh, the drummer had already gone. Uh, the drummer uh, wound up in Ankei, which is called Rocket City. It's in Vietnam and because uh, they got rocketed every night. Uh, he was medevaced out of there, uh, mm. but he was okay. That band eventually was uh, inducted in the Iowa Rock and Roll Music Hall wow. of Fame. Um, the Iowa, not Cl- not Cleveland. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of my earlier. I was yeah. kind of a wild kid, um, <laughs> and if I were ever write a rock and uh, write an autobiography, which no one would read. It would be called the Saved by Rock and Roll because uh, mm. it probably really squared me away. Mm. Um, Vietnam, of course, was a interesting experience. Um, and uh, following that, um, kind of came back. I was married, got married before we went to Vietnam. Um, I had my honeymoon and then reported to Fort Lewis. <laughs> uh, the... Um, um, you know the the anchor probably uh, uh, Julie the, the girl I married at twenty one um, is probably still the anchor of my life. Mm-hmm. So, so. Um, rebuilding, I went back to school for chemical engineering and biochemistry. Uh, worked in the in the laboratory for biophysical chemistry. I was always a geeky kind of a kid, not much for sports. Um, uh, decided to want to go to med school. They let me in. <laughs> um, I finished up at OHSU. I went to school in Minnesota, and, and OHSU practiced medicine here in Salem with the doctor's clinic. Um, and all those rock and roll days, you know, they kind of ruin your hearing. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't use those sissy ear protectors. Um, and uh, we didn't wear sunscreen back then, anyway. Yeah, either, I know so. it. Yeah, you all get you get old quick enough. So, yeah. anyway, yes, we uh, and so um, uh, went back to school, practiced medicine here for twenty years, but the hearing kind of gave out. And I couldn't really practice the kind of medicine I wanted anymore. Hmm. And so, um, you know, you have to do something. I was 49 at that point. So I started a company called uh, Performance Health Technology. Wrote a piece of software. I've always been an engineer. My current work is probably an engineering project more than a business. (laughs) Um, The... uh, um, Losing my train of thought here a little bit. So uh, uh, we started the business. We wrote a piece of software for a company called Physician Microsystems. Uh, Doctor's Clinic was the second uh, clinic really to put in electronic records at that time. That was back in the 1980s. Hmm. We were ahead of us was a San Diego clinic in, uh, with Kaiser uh, Permanente. Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, so that actually blossomed into a larger company and when it reached about 300 employees or so, it was really different. And in 2016, I felt it wasn't really doing what I needed to be doing. And then from there, I started Karandi to because okay. I recognized that there was a lot of other problems that we needed to solve. Yeah. So you mean there's problems in our society? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, what man. I love is that you kind of answered the question. One of the questions we ask most of our guests is, what was the first thing you're passionate about? So it sounds like music's probably one of those first things that you became passionate about as you were young, right? Yeah, yeah. from rock and roll to MD to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, this morning was like every morning. I uh, got up, picked up my guitar, oh. and um, played a little bit before I start the day. That's awesome. So, well, you know, on the third Friday of each month, we have uh, uh, open mic <laughs> nights true. here. So probably better, <laughs> probably not good enough for the. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what would you say the, the biggest challenges are around what you're trying to accomplish? You know, um, uh, there there are several. Um, I think. The, um, I think, you know, many of our problems stem from things that we believe or how we think things work, but they don't really work that way. They don't, there's, uh, life is just full of things where you think it's going to work one way and then it goes another way. Right. And, um, and so what really changed uh, the world, and I'm going to go back in history a little mm -hmm. bit here, so uh, Copernicus, um, when he wrote his paper about how the Earth was not the center of the universe, he, uh, he, he disagreed with the prevailing uh, lines of the time. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, what made it, and, and in fact, it was such a difference that he, had, uh, he couldn't be published until after his death. So, but Galileo came along, and Galileo had uh, something, an, an observation. He had ability to see with a telescope, wasn't much of a telescope, but it was good enough <laughs> to kind of demonstrate more, more uh, accurately that the Earth, that you know, the Earth revolved around the sun, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Of course, it bought him house arrest when Pope Urban VIII <laughs> found that you know he's that Aristotle idea was was what the church believed at that point. And it took Johannes Kepler and uh, Isaac Newton really to nail it down that that was the case. So today, I think in society, you know, that, that whole scientific revolution, which, which kind of opened up our ability to, to see things, uh, that, that created the industrial revolution, all this science and engineering, but it didn't really get to social systems, social mm. social world. And and we we think things work in a certain way, but we don't really have a good way to observe and understand how things really work. Uh, and wicked problems e emerge from from the the disconnect between how we think things work and how things really work. So what does this have to do with what we're doing? Right. It, it has to do with by the fact that if we can begin to measure things, we begin to come together and, and learn from each other, we can start to build a map, kind of a, a more scientific map of how communities emerge and change and evolve. And I'll take an example from medicine. In medicine, there was a program called the Medicare uh, Readmission Reduction Act. And uh, the idea was that hospitals, if they sent people out and they were healthy enough, they wouldn't come back and be readmitted. But after nine years, uh, 
people looked at that, and they found four groups, uh, heart failure, um, uh, pneumonia, um, I don't remember the other two right now, but they found that they were dying as an outpatient. That's why we were saving so much money up front. So what we believed would work right. was actually doing something quite the opposite of our, of our intention. Mm. And so I think that the same thing, the fundamental problem is that um, we, we all need each other. Hmm. We all have to serve each other. That's the way the world works. That's the way biology works, where, that we emerge from. We, we all need this. But uh, we have other ideas. We believe in bootstraps, and we believe that people create themselves and all this other stuff. And as a result, we end up blaming the people, not that they don't have some blame, I mean, we all are responsible for our mistakes and all, but but we don't really offer opportunity and hope in a way that people can incrementally improve. And so we have these this this cancer kind of growing in our society of homelessness and 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 all we have are kind of notions that aren't that well founded in order to try to improve them. Right. So I'm hoping that with a little science and engineering and <laughs> and maybe not knowing the answer exactly, except knowing that some of the fundamentals of, of faith that we all have and some of the fundamentals of just social life, all of us needing each other, uh, can kind of start to glue things back together. Yeah. And so if if for our listeners, um, what, what Karandi's doing is is adapting softwares and then helping uh in in our scenario nonprofits uh uh use software to gather their data and their information to improve their own organizations but then share uh information confidentially there'd be a little less overlap and and a more efficiencies in each of our the nonprofits that participate within this group so that we can do better, affect more people, right, and improve our society. Michael, Mike, is that a kind of a generic assessment of what you're trying to accomplish? What I just said, or I think it is. I think uh, at a more general level, it's it's uh, coming together, filling in each other's uh, gaps, and not only that, uh, and this for me is really important, demonstrating that what we do is effective in mm-hmm. a way that's reproducible. Uh, such that more and more people who don't actually support, uh, you know, helping, you know, they just assume that those folks just go away, but they're not going away. It, if we could demonstrate that value, then I believe that that we can begin to to do a better job. After all, the the people are the foundation of society. Sure. Uh, and uh, if the foundation crumbles, there's not much else going to last. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think like um uh, I think even in medicine sometimes we're just you throw stuff at symptoms so that my eyes aren't watering when I have allergies, right? But but if we go farther upstream, you know, to to affect maybe you don't have allergies, right? And you can get ahead of that. And so that's the kind of things that we're talking about partner with many other people to help actually solve the problems and then the money we do as a society or a government or you know whatever is more effective use of that money right so that's the hope yeah 
Right. And, of course, things build on themselves. And uh, right now there's a lot of inertia in in the wrong direction. And if we can start to build a more cohesive society, mm. it'll be better for all of us. I mean, I don't think this polarization we have today is just coming from nothing. It's 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 uh, maybe it's being manufactured a little bit, but there has to be some raw material there to build it from. Mm. And uh, so I I think it's an existential problem for us. And um, but I think it's one that we can solve if we right. just take one step at a time uh, and uh, give ourselves uh, each of us a little bit of grace. Right. Uh, you know, uh, going back to the band. None of us were great musicians, four men and two women. Uh, we were kind of, we were okay, but we weren't great. But, you know, working together, you know, from that first slap of the snare, you can put a thousand people on their feet by working together and pulling pulling the sound out there. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just magic. And that's the way systems work. And there's a whole nother set of sciences that we can take advantage of called system sciences that can help us to do a better job in all of these things, so. Wow, yeah. And so in a practical sense, how that works on our mentoring side is this software helps us to manage those mentor-mentee relationships, groups relationships, the assessments that we're giving and and so many other tools within that and with some automation. So it really helps us do a much better job and, and we're going to be a better organization because of what Karandi, you know, is doing. And then hopefully as we partner with more and more and more organizations and we're sharing more data, we can be we can be a better uh, mentoring organization and the people that we're sharing could be better with supplying food and housing and mental health supports and all those things. That's the idea, folks who are listening, is that each of those pockets would share data so that we can make ourselves more effective and efficient and ultimately why everybody's in the fields they're in is to change lives, right? Exactly. For the better. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and there's no shortage of work to do. No. <laughs> so it's no. it's not like, you know, it's not like anyone can uh, corner the market on poverty, right? I right. mean, it's, it's uh, everyone will become more effective and uh, as they work together, I believe. And, and there's learning. There's learning what works and, and being able to share that uh, you know, it it doesn't matter exactly who helps fix the problem. Yeah. We can all do it together. In fact, we'll do better if we do it together. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I, I you've heard me say I, I don't really care that much who gets the credit, right? It's if we're if we're impacting lives and, and making results, you know. And, uh, yeah, along the way, you get plenty of accolades, you know, and if you spend too much time reading your own press clippings, you're toast. So, yeah, yeah. Right, and eventually you get old. I mean, I'm yeah. older, so it doesn't matter that much anymore. But yeah. I I do, when people are younger, they definitely, it's a different world. I mean, you, you I think biologically we go through these stages, and, mm-hmm. uh, and there's, you know, like... Young adolescence, I I wish I could have been a different kind of a kid, but it probably made me a better adult. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, 
Yeah. I always uh, say, you know, with, with with age, often comes wisdom, right? And and sometimes you get wisdom when you're young, and sometimes you're old and you don't have any wisdom, and there, you know, you just go through some stuff. But what's something that you would say to your younger self? Because we have people of all ages that listen to our podcast. Some of them are younger, and um, a lot of smart young people will learn from the wisdom of others that have gone through stuff. What's some advice you would give to your younger self? I would say to uh, have have a little faith in in the way life works. Um, When you're in the middle of something, you don't quite know what you're in the middle of until later. And uh, the most important thing is to keep moving um, and to uh, try to Try to make decisions one step at a time. But you need a goal. You definitely need a goal. And you also have to know that about half of what you think is true isn't. <laughs> and, uh, and so you have to, you can't be afraid to adapt and change. Mm. Um, for our politicians, I wish, I wish we could give them a little more uh, ability to change and not have to be afraid of flip-flopping. Uh, I uh, how many I flip flopped so many times, uh, you know. Yeah, it's. I think wisdom is maybe not knowing as much. <laughs> wow. I don't know if that's true, or or maybe knowing that you don't know as much. Mm. Uh, trusting the process, trusting, trusting life. I mean, that yeah. makes sense. You know, you talk about, like a lot of kids, I went through this phase, a lot of kids go through the I know phase where it's like, you're here, so, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's like, well, no, you don't, right? But like the parent knows, no, you don't. But the kid's like, I know, I know. And then you get past that phase and you're like, well, dang, I didn't know, you know? And so it's funny, after that phase, when I was growing up, I went through a phase of like, as of right now, I think blah, 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 blah. Because right. where I'm, from where I'm standing, I fully believe this and it might change, but right now, this is how I feel. And, and so it's interesting that you say, it's like you kind of come to the understanding that you know that you don't know everything, and that's that is wisdom in a way. So, yeah, wow, that's good. Yeah. Um, what uh, when it comes to music, um, uh, is there a particular genres that you still you know love to listen to more than others? Or no, I like it all. Yeah, but you know, it's kind of like that duck again. Um, you kind of what what you grow up with and what was that part of your life that kind of stays with you. So I grew up in the 60s and 70s when mm. songs had these messages and they told our story, anti-war stories and all. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I still like that stuff. Um, but I like some new stuff too. Um, my grandson uh, plays, uh, sings in this a band. They, it's a genre that I don't particularly care for, but I <laughs> like my grandson and I'm yeah. glad he's doing it. <laughs> and so, you know, he, yeah, he, uh, it's all... It's all learning to play well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's the same in sports, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, teams that may not have on paper everything that another team has, but chemistry, like what you alluded to earlier in the show about your band, maybe you guys weren't the absolute best at every instrument, but you had a chemistry and an energy that that is infectious, right? And that same thing happens in sports, right? Is that you get a team that's rowing together, so to speak, (laughs) regardless of who gets the credit, then, you know, really cool things happen. And it's interesting. You can tell that you're a systems guy by the way you talked about your band. Like you said, you know, you're not like, like again, to call back, not to call back a billion times, but how you said, you know, even if you're not the best at all, this instrument's working together and you can put those things together to produce a product that gets people on their feet, like you said. And so it's just interesting yeah. that I imagine that going through system sciences, it makes you look at the world in a way that a lot of people haven't. I've never met somebody who's 
as of right from my knowledge that I've yes. never known <laughs> went through system sciences and knows about that. It must be fascinating to like look at business and look at nonprofits and stuff and see those systems. That's probably really cool. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I think systems. Um, understanding them would help everyone a lot, I think, yeah. um, because you just see them everywhere. You know, uh, and the other thing you were talking about, Tim, with, uh, you know, coming together, you know, during practice, of course, we, you know, fight like cats and dogs. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but when you walk out on the stage, I mean, there you're you're covering for each other. I mean, you're a single unit, and um, it was the same. It was the same in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, you you had to work together, um, and uh, it's working together that makes you strong. Yeah, that's none of us are strong on our own. No. Um, in some ways, we're still like kids, except we know how to behave in public. <laughs> wow. As, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here, and there's so many. Uh, one-liner quotes that I'm going to pull out of this thing, you know, from from stuff you're saying. But it's, that's so true. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, some of us behave better in public, right? That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> if you're out there and you're a leader, uh, organization, maybe nonprofit and that type of stuff, I'd, I'd really encourage you to reach out to, uh, to Michael and his team, uh, join up with the things we're doing to partner together with other nonprofits so that uh, we can all be more effective and uh and as a leader, maybe you work a couple less hours because we're doing better work, right? So, right. man, time flies. We're we're out in it. But uh, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you? Michael.Rohr, R-O-H-W-E-R, at Karandi, C-U-R-A-N-D-I, dot org. Okay. Easy as that. Well, thank you, Mike, for joining us. And thank you, listeners, for joining us as well. Um, you can listen to our podcast episodes air every Saturday at 11 a.m. on KSLM because we're a radio show with them. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.